Welcome to the Trust Your Gut Podcast. I'm your host, Demi Fair. Here we dive into the world of the mind-body connection, exploring the gut-brain axis, microbiome, and nervous system while harnessing the power of intuition and connection to spirit. If you struggle with chronic digestive and mental stress and are tired of trying just one more diet or supplement to address your symptoms, then this is the place for you. Join me as we learn from the world of science and medicine, but also from nature, our own inner knowing, and personal stories. Thank you for tuning in, and now it's time to trust your gut. Hello and welcome back to the Trust Your Gut podcast. Today I have another interview for you. This is actually the first interview I recorded for the podcast. However, with the editing flow, I released the interview with Dr. Tawny Cross first, but Stephanie was the very first guest to be interviewed by me on this podcast, which I am just so appreciative of. And I really enjoyed our conversation and the energy that she brings forward and the wisdom that she brings forward. So you'll hear me speak to how I got connected with Stephanie. And I was really drawn to speaking with her because she both had this experience similar to me and to the message that I'm speaking here and to many of you listening of struggling with her own digestive issues for a while and trying a lot of different things to support what was going on in her gut and the bloating and the brain fog and the exhaustion and trying lots of different supplements, lots of different diets. Very familiar story, right? And I love what she shared about how she found healing through all of that and got to the place where she is now, where she is symptom-free. I also was interested to just hear more about the work that she's doing, which is a program she runs called Truth School. And the title of this podcast in my business is called Trust Your Gut. And the term trust your gut really means to trust your intuition be able to honor and speak your truth, follow your truth. So I wanted to hear more about her journey in coming into her own truth and how she supports others to do that because that's really like supporting people to connect to their intuition. And I feel like she has a really unique, beautiful way of doing so. So... Before we get into the interview and I give a more formal introduction to Stephanie, I just want to highlight a couple things that we talk about in the interview that I want to give a little bit more context to. So the first part is that Stephanie talks about doing uh, a parasite cleanse or many different parasite cleanses, um, specifically working to remove candida, reduce candida. And I'm sure many of you listening have familiarity with candida or different parasites and maybe have dealt with those things yourself. And I just want to make sure I give a little disclaimer that 
as always, whatever I speak to or whatever any guest speaks to is their own experience. And for Stephanie, doing a parasite cleanse in the way that she did was extremely supportive, and it's something she supports others in doing. That's not to say that that's what you need to go do, especially because I know many of you listening can struggle with feeling like you always need to be doing a cleanse um, or doing an elimination diet or maybe having some level of disordered eating. And so I just want to give a little trigger warning there that her sharing this does not mean that you need to go do a cleanse or that your symptoms will be solved from a cleanse. Um, Again, I am always open to hearing people's experiences and I have certainly been through cleanses myself and different elimination diets and I know a lot of my message is to stop focusing on the dieting and on the cleanses. So I want to make sure you really hear that before we get into this that this is not to say that that's what you need to do and if that triggers you um, wanting to just offer some support there to, to feel into that trigger and just really see that as this is one person's experience and that uh, we can just kind of hear that and support them in their own experience and maybe it resonates with some of you and if you have suspicion of candida overgrowth or maybe parasites because you got food poisoning once or traveled abroad and have never felt normal since then then I would encourage you to get some support in looking into that. One of the best ways to do so is to do a stool test. Uh, And that is something that I support clients in doing and many other practitioners can support you in that too. Um, And you can, I would definitely recommend finding support in doing any sort of cleansing protocol around parasites or candida. So wanted to make sure I acknowledge that as you'll hear us talk about that in the show. I really appreciate what she brings forward in looking at kind of the energy of candida, which is a yeast or parasites or just in general, the microbiome, which we will kind of speak to this overall umbrella of the microbiome, the bacteria in there. They do have kind of their own minds, (laughs) their own... um, energy and it does impact us right uh if you haven't listened to the episode about how gut health affects mental health and vice versa i really recommend go listening to that so you can understand how our gut bacteria influences our emotions and our moods and our mental states because they do influence us so i think she speaks to this through her experience something else that comes up in the episode is talking about glyphosate which is an active ingredient in the herbicide Roundup, and it is used pretty extensively on wheat crops before harvest throughout North America. And there are some connections being made to this herbicide, especially this particular ingredient, and an increase in celiac disease and gluten intolerance worldwide. And there's no doubt that that is something that is increasing and more and more people are becoming aware that they have celiac, that they have gluten intolerances or sensitivities or feel better without them. And this is such an interesting topic because there's that question of, is it just connected to 
the herbicides? Is it something about kind of like in a paleolithic diet, more of this idea that that's not something that we evolved to eat? Does it have to do with the phytic acid of the grains, which is kind of what's an anti-nutrient, kind of makes it hard for our body to digest it? And this has kind of inspired me to make an episode about this because there is this thing I've heard of a lot where people who cannot eat gluten in North America will go to Italy, where apparently they're not spraying these herbicides on their wheat crops and do a lot better with gluten. Could there be other factors in just relaxation and less stress and mindset because they're on a vacation in Italy? Sure. (laughs) There's a lot of different things that can go in, but there's definitely some links to these herbicides and how they are affecting the rise of gluten intolerance and celiac disease. So If this is something you're interested in or have more questions about, I'd be really happy to speak more in depth around this, but I wanted to just give a little bit more information beforehand as you'll hear that come up later and that being an experience that Stephanie found um, actually really worked for her was to eat pasta in Italy. And um, many people uh, in struggles with their gut find that gluten can really aggravate those things um so i you know i personally have been gluten-free for maybe 12 years and um i think there's other aspects of gluten that can be really tough for people to digest but it's definitely a thing to consider so all that being said, let me give an introduction to Stephanie and begin the interview. So in a world that profits from you doubting yourself, Stephanie Carlin is a beacon of truth. As a musician, her lyrics rip through the fear, bringing a remembering of how to trust yourself again. Her truth-telling sword is backed by eclectic and unforgettable rhythmic guitar melodies that draw out a raw, guttural power, the power to be vulnerable and tender, to let down your hair and reveal your humanity. Fed up with watching people suffer and self-sabotage their own dreams, Stephanie founded Truth School. This transformational incubator helps industry trailblazers unlock the emotions behind their imbalances and diseases so that they can trust themselves, reclaim their truth, and generate six-figure incomes. Okay, hello, Stephanie, and welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here as you're my first podcast guest to ever be here. I'm so honored to be here. <laughs> and thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being willing to come on and um, go through this new process with me. Uh, we were just talking because I'm currently in Mexico and there's <laughs> so many different things that come up. Uh, the gardener just needed to come in and get a ladder. Uh, right when we started recording, there's lots of sounds and dogs around, but just embracing the flexibility of all of that. So I appreciate your flexibility. And here I was worried about the five cats. <laughs> 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 
yeah, just letting it all be really real, uh, which I appreciate. So uh, I met Stephanie through a business coaching program. I reached out on the Facebook group, letting people know what I do in this work and looking for guests to come on the podcast. And she reached out to me and told me a bit about her work and her journey. And I thought it was really in alignment and wanted to sit down and have this conversation. So first, Stephanie, I would love to just have you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about you, the work you do, and really anything that's alive for you right now. Sure thing. Uh, I am a musician. I am an energy expert. I am a healer. And lately, all of these identities have not sat well with me. I'm in a reinvention Mm. of identity and where I can bring all these things together, being a musician for 15 years, an energy expert, a healer is at the end of the day, what I'm trying to look for is the truth, not Mm. the beliefs that we have. That's what I work with in, as an energy expert is, is uncovering limiting beliefs. But how do we get to the truth of what things are? And how do we, we feel truth with our senses, with our six senses, rather than like analyze what we're told truth mm-hmm. is or what we think truth is. And for me, the guidance system of truth lives in my gut and mm-hmm. discerning what is uh, the fear and the untruth in the gut versus Mm -hmm. the pure intuition and the truth vibration. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I used to use these labels. I still am in a way, because we need some labels. Oh yeah, I'm a healer. Oh yeah, I'm an energy expert. But I am just trying to tell the truth at this point. Mm. Wow, beautiful. Um, The truth lives in your gut. That is so resonant for me, uh, because I feel like I've also found a similar journey of honoring my truth and I continue to find that energy center being in my gut, which I can, you know, think of as, okay, I know that intuition is harnessed in the gut being the enteric nervous system, but there's something, there's something deeper to that. There's something on a a different energetic level that really feels like the center of my truth kind of lives in the gut. Is there anything that kind of helped you uncover that for yourself? Like what was that experience of really learning how to honor your truth? Uh, I think it is, I tell this story a little bit, but I think that I learned it in one of the most difficult and challenging, Mm. borderline destructive relationships. (laughs) Mm. A really good teaching relationship that I was in for seven years. And, um, you know, I had a distended stomach for most of my life and it got worse while I was in that relationship. And I tried every single uh, modality I could find once Western medicine stopped working for me. Mm. And still nothing was working. All the holistic stuff, the gluten-free, everything I tried just didn't work. And then one day my ex came over to my belly and said, he started like whispering to it. (laughs) And he started saying, I love you belly. I love you belly. And I just started getting like high on when he'd like tell my belly that he loved it. And when we broke up, like maybe a year later, 
I remember like lying in bed wishing he would be talking to my belly, but he wasn't mm. there. I had to do it to myself. So I started holding my belly and saying, I love you, belly. I love you, belly. And it sounds corny, all that, but it was like a dam broke. Mm. And I realized in that moment I had never even appreciated my belly and my gut. And then as I started to look at that deeper, because I was, you know, like sobbing at that point, it was like shameful. I realized it had to, it extended so much more into not knowing myself. And, you know, it's, it's a different thing to like say those words. Oh, I didn't love myself and actually fucking feel it in your body. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, you've been filled with self hate and you didn't even know it. And you've been pretending you've been mm-hmm. lying to yourself that you loved yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's really where my, my healing began and where, um, you know, I started to understand the uh, destructiveness of holding on to limiting belief systems from this lifetime or maybe from others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you speaking to this story a little bit when we briefly met before and it really um, resonated with me. And I thought that was so powerful to really see that lie that you had been living of not truly loving yourself and how through loving your gut and connecting energetically with your gut, you begin to uncover those lies. So is there anything more about that experience? Like I'd love to hear, you said you would do different diets and supplement protocols and we're trying to do all these things these things to help your distended belly yet that wasn't really giving you the results you wanted so this was really that turning point for you this was that turning point for me when i started to repair the vibrational dysfunction Mm. in my body that i was focusing on in my gut at the time when I started to repair that vibrational dysfunction, then other things in this physical world, supplements, food choices, it started to make a difference. Mm-hmm. But the blind spot for me until that point was the, the things I was so scared to tell myself. I mean, I would have stayed in that relationship for years if my ex didn't end it, even though that relationship perpetuated a dynamic of not loving myself. I mean, that was a beautiful thing he gave to me, but that relationship was a dysfunctional love relationship Right. that I was a vibrational resonance to. So when I was left alone with myself, I was forced to face the shadows of why I resonate with dysfunctional love. Right. Mm. And in my, in my lineage, where we hold sexual abuse is in our gut. Right. However, the body doesn't interpret sexual abuse just as what we think of as sexual abuse. It interprets it as anything that diminishes your self-esteem. Hmm. So if you're told as a child you're ugly, if you're bullied, the body will take that, interpret it as sex abuse, the same energy of sex abuse, and then store it in the uh, small intestine. Wow. So when I started to learn the mechanics of how the body holds these dysfunctions, I was able to actually clear it out of my field. And, you know, I started to be able to eat certain types of pasta again. That was <laughs> like, that was epic. <laughs> Who doesn't want to actually be able to eat pasta, right? right. 
Right. <laughs> um, so how like long would you say you had experienced the issues in your gut? Like how far back do you remember that being Honestly, part of your life? I mean, I hope your listeners don't think I'm totally Looney Tunes, but I think that I was born with a genetic candida imbalance. Interesting. And I, you know, I'm not going to get this, um, the science of this totally accurate, but you know, what, what we're told is that at the egg that we came from was like made in our grandmother's womb. Yes. Right. Right. Absolutely. You're getting it right. Yep. (laughs) Thank you. So as I started to like really make a commitment to healing myself, which is like distinct from like being on a healing journey, I think I was like, no, I'm, I'm healing this and completing it and putting it in the past where it belongs. Yeah. So when I started going on that, going on the journey inside that commitment, I really started to understand all the subtle ways that like, like these symptoms were, were labeled as genetic Mm. that I was dealing with. But like, actually it was a candida imbalance that my grandmother had and my mother had, and I had, and other family members I noticed have it too. And you know, I don't know if they'd agree with me. Right. And some of them don't, but, (laughs) but that is, that's my perspective on it. Right. That's my belief. Yeah. So I went on 16 parasite cleanses over the course of a couple of years, 16 herbal parasite cleanses to kick this candida. And candida is one of the peskiest uh, oh, funguses yes. in the body. And candida will live on, on a vibrational resonance of um, self-criticism, mm-hmm. which, you know, really ties in beautifully with hating your body. Oh, yeah. So does that answer your question? Yeah, so it sounds like all your life. That is the short answer. (laughs) You've struggled just with, would it have been like very obvious symptoms that you remember having when you were younger or just now in hindsight, you can look back and see the manifestation of this candida overgrowth? I mean, I was hungry all the time mm. and these parasites want to eat. Mm. I just thought like everyone was hungry all the time. And like, that's why I overate. By the way, we also, as you know, are overeat because we want to feel love. Right. We want to be loved and we use substitute for love. Right. And I was just always hungry when I, when I started doing a parasite cleanse and then another and another, I, I wasn't hungry anymore. I was like satiated by regular meal that I didn't have um, lethargy anymore. I didn't get exhausted in the middle of the day. I used to, I didn't get irritable. Uh, These were some of the, the telltale signs. Right. Right. Um, You are speaking to this level of, intergenerational things being passed on or intergenerational trauma. And you're speaking to candida being something like an overgrowth of candida that your mother, your grandmother, uh, a lot of women in your family had. Is that correct? That's my hunch. That's your hunch. Um, I'm curious to, especially because 
intergenerational trauma or patterns is something that I work with with clients. And we do look at what happened in one's childhood, but also in their mother's childhood, but also in their grandmother's childhood. So I love that you brought up that, you know, you were in your grandmother's womb when you were a little egg. And so things that she would have been going through would have been impacting you. And it's really beautiful to make this connection to, you know, this candida. Uh, is there anything else that you see being passed down to you that you're aware of that may have come from your mother or your grandmother? Because I'm curious to see how those things might connect to these digestive responses. Oh, there's so much. <laughs> I'm sure. It's like where to start. <laughs> um, you know, I, my family is a, um, are refugees from the Holocaust. You know, I wouldn't uh -huh. be here if my great grandparents on both sides didn't make the radical, audacious choice to flee, uh -huh. to flee Germany and to flee uh, Austria and come here. And in my own healing, I have noticed how much of that, how to say it, there's a part of this where I've, I've always struggled with worthlessness, mm -hmm. like a fundamental background of worthlessness. And when I chose to call this healing complete, to go on, to go on the journey inside a commitment of calling this complete, um, you know, I started to understand how like, like worthiness also equated to the space I take up in the world and also like how healthy my finances are mm -hmm. and the shame that I had around that. And I started to see this trail of like a Holocaust energy coming through um, on both my grandparents' side of just like how we had to like, like protect ourselves at all costs because mm -hmm. literally their lives depended on it. And we, we like couldn't spend money in our family. Right. right. We couldn't because, because we had to save every, every dollar of it. And as I moved into, you know, creating a, a six figure business for myself, and that took, you know, a decade of, of like busting through all these starving artist paradigms mm -hmm. to move into like, you know, I mean, I think six figures is a living wage in America in 2022. It's not like <laughs> being wealthy at all. We're just living. Right. But it was a huge up level for me. And like the access was um, clearing out this worthlessness through the genetic line, through the Holocaust that had been inherited to me as a belief system, Absolutely. as a way of surviving in life. Right. Absolutely. And that seems to resonate along the lines of that, you know, that lack of self-worth and self-love. Right. There's that that trauma that pattern passed down of not being worthy you know of that that's such a deeply ingrained thing in your family of like oh we're not you know worthy humans like we we're not worthy to to live here to be alive whatever that belief may have been but that was a real feeling in their their systems and that seems to really relate to maybe what you would take on in your, you know, more, your different kind of life 
here in the more modern time living in the U.S., right, that lack of worthiness, do you see that translating into that lack of self-worth and self-love? It's all the same thing at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. Just another way to hit at it. Yeah. 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 Remind me what you said about the vibrational resonance of candida. Yeah. If someone comes to me, a client, with a candida overgrowth uh, or, or chronic yeast infections or whatever it is, the first thing I'll start to dig on with them is where they are self-critical, mm-hmm. where they are too critical. And something always lights up when mm-hmm. we start there. Right. It's really interesting as I've never really heard about that kind of vibrational resonance of candida or other certain bacteria and, and their overgrowths. But again, that self-critical thing, it, again, it's all tying into perhaps this pattern that your family has carried that then, you know, your family also carried in dealing with what you perceive to be a candida overgrowth. And to just clarify, you perceive that because you can see how your uh, mother, your grandmother, like their, their symptoms or what, what, what is it that? We all just have the same symptoms. Gotcha. All have yeah. the same things. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm told by doctors, oh, well, that's genetic. Uh-huh. What do you think? Like, I'm sure you've seen plenty of clients with candida imbalances. Like, if you could think of one or two of them in your mind, like, like, does that make sense to you? That, like, if we were to look at the emotional or vibrational resonance, like, like, is there an imbalance around self-criticism? Is that a tendency to those people? Or, or are you not really sure? Um, you know, I actually haven't had, I've dealt personally with candida, um, myself, and I have a very harsh inner critic. Absolutely. I have suspected clients of candida overgrowth, but the ones I've actually tested, they don't, but they'll have dysbiosis, they'll have overgrowth of other gut bacteria. And I think the clients I attract can be a bit similar to me and have, yeah, some level of harsh inner critic, which a lot of us do have a certain level of self-criticism. But, um, you know, I believe that all of these things, whether they're, you know, overgrowth, IBS, um, different digestive symptoms, and of course, other chronic symptoms in the body all have an emotional component an energetic component, right? And I'm always looking back into the history to find out where that may have begun. And it will often go beyond the client, right? Into that family lineage. So um, it, that's just a really fascinating uh, perspective for me that you share here that I haven't made that connection before. But yeah, I can absolutely see that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really fascinating to just right here make a little bit of that link of, oh, okay, you see these symptoms that doctors say are genetic and have been passed down. Like, why have they been passed down? 
sure, maybe it's genetic and passed down physically, but I believe it's likely the emotional energetic aspect and the aspect of like an intergenerational pattern and trauma that's been passed down. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of joke with clients, like there's no blood test to gauge how much you love yourself. <laughs> so um, you, you mentioned testing your clients for candida and, you know, I never got a, a candida test uh -huh. coming back, like uh -huh. telling me I had candida. That was the most infuriating part of the whole mm. journey is that like all the tests were repeatedly inaccurate. So I was forced to go just start throwing things at the wall. And it wasn't until I did the candida cleanses that like my entire frequency started to shift. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do want to ask you more about this shift when you started to love your gut, your belly, you know, that had been, I mean, I, I know also dealing with a chronic distended bloated belly for a long time especially as a teenager it was extremely hard to love that part of myself it was debilitating uh it was just such a hard thing to relax the belly even like chronic holding and tensing and just like constantly the energy around that part was so negative and so just to make that connection of love and acceptance is huge. And I'm curious what began to happen in your healing journey then. You know, what I know that you've spoke to doing some cleanses that helped, but was there anything else, maybe more on that emotional, energetic level that you began to do as part of your healing journey that really started to uh, shift that for you? the first thing that comes to mind is it's a little big. Mm -hmm. um, it's not so much a cleanse. I, I started to accept the possibility that I could be beautiful. Mm. <laughs> so people get annoyed <laughs> when I say things like that, because like, if you see a picture of me, it's like, Oh my God, you're so fucking gorgeous. Like, well, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm. But as we know, outer and inner are two different worlds. Right. And so I had been operating my entire life in a shadow of self-hate and mm. not knowing I was hating myself. Mm -hmm. Like human beings are liars, but we are m mostly liars to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so when I started to step into the possibility of being beautiful, it's like the world shifted and my belly could relax and I could start I don't, I wonder how to tie this together. Like, like a whole new portal of safety started to open because I wasn't abusing myself anymore to like interact with myself on a daily basis as if I'm ugly is a form of self abuse. Mm -hmm. But that was just life. Right. Right. <clears throat> was that something that you saw modeled to you? that type of like self isn't it always <laughs> it's very modeled in our culture no I just learned it on my own <laughs> uh, yeah. well potentially right if that was a pattern that you also just like inherited but yeah most likely it's it is modeled in our environment 
you know, really for, for me and my audience, there's just such this like resonance with experiencing these digestive symptoms for so long. And, and really that aspect of trying the diets, trying the supplements, maybe trying meditation, yoga, all these things that we're finding is supposed to be helpful and we're not actually getting better. It's like such a common story. It's such a common story. And it's I have a question. Yeah. Actually, what do you think about my theory that the gluten-free industry is a made-up industry to compensate for the overuse of glyphosate in our wheat and corn? Oh, yeah. I mean, how many stories have we heard of people who can't eat gluten here and then they go to, like, uh, Italy, um, they go to another place and they can eat it just fine? I wrote a paper on this in college, actually. <laughs> Same with uh, dairy, too, um, because a lot of people are lactose intolerant, and it wasn't so much about the actual lactose, but more of how it was just highly processed, pasteurized, homogenized milk products. Same with gluten and those wheat products. So, yeah, I'm in agreement of that. Um, again, it's so bio-individual. But there have been so many stories I've heard where folks have gone elsewhere, eaten gluten products from another country that doesn't go through the same process and have no problems. That is something you experienced? I think that was my first breaking point. Wow. Was when I was dealing with this for like, you know, six, seven years of my adult life and I went to Venice, Italy. And I started being able to eat all the pizza and all the pasta, and I had no problems uh -huh. whatsoever. And I said, well, what, what could this be? And then I went down the rabbit hole of glyphosate mm -hmm. and the harm it does. And oh, 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 I'm not sick. My body just can't digest insecticides. Right. Huh. Right. But that's the food we're given. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and depending on what we were fed when we were growing up, too. I mean, there's no doubt food is going to play a role, especially if we ate a standard American diet. Um, growing up, it's going to affect our body. And that was me. Like, I definitely ate a standard American diet, very poor diet. And I struggled with being sick a lot as a kid. It also coincided with the same time my parents were going through a divorce, so I know there was a lot of factors, but um, just holding on to a lot of, I mean, gut issues my whole life. So there's definitely, that's a component, and there's no doubt about that. And often there's also a deeper level thing going on too. So... Um, yeah, very. I never tried that myself in Italy, so that's cool to hear about your experience going there and how that was such a big shifting moment for you. That's really healing, too, to be able to eat food that you had to avoid for a while or felt restrictive around and to realize that your body is capable of doing that, but maybe something in the system is actually what's wrong. So after all these cleanses, I, I have found a little hack. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, I just now buy 
pasta that's packaged and made in Italy. Oh, there you go. And it's no problem. But what I've learned through all my little digging is you have to buy it packaged in Italy because there's a huge chance it can be sprayed down wow. with pesticides when mm -hmm. it enters the U.S. and if it's packaged in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what that's a, world, a good right? little hack. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, well, was there anything else that you wanted to speak to in regards to that, the gut, the gut journey, the journey of, of loving your gut and being able to find the, it sounds like you have like a, a peace with your gut now, and it sounds like you're relatively symptom-free, is that correct? That's correct. Wow, so, amazing. Yeah, it, it is amazing, <laughs> and I worked for it. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's really cool now because, you know, I have a theory I will live and die by, which is that these, these little critters, the candida, the bacterial overgrowth, which, you know, is diagnosed as SIBO, um, whether it's parasites, tapeworms, all these different little critters have their own consciousness oh, and yes. their own thought forms. And they will tell you not to cleanse or detox or right. go off sugar because that's their like life support. And, you know, it's very common when people go on parasite cleanses to have these thoughts like I'm dying, I'm dying. Mm. But it's actually just these critters going through their die off. Right. So right. once I went through these these cleanses and I actually started to call this part of my healing complete, like fulfill on that commitment to myself, um, it was a lot easier to connect to higher powers, to connect to like clear spiritual connections. Hmm. And it's I feel like that's important to know because now if I'm like, quote unquote, trusting my gut, I feel very connected to truth. Right. Not to um, like all these little voices that would like make my teeth grind or keep me up at night with their criticism, procrastination, worthlessness, thoughts of guilt, because I've untethered from those frequencies. And according to my modalities of theta healing, quantum healing, like these are the frequencies that, you know, um, microbes are attracted to. And right. now I can like real i don't know i'm taking like insane leaps of faith in my life right now like mm. just you know like left new york for after living there for my entire life i'm moving to la i don't even have a place to live like i just am totally following the impulses mm -hmm. through my connection to creator and it's like so fun i mean mm -hmm. to live this way it's so fun <laughs> to live without like that chronic doubt and disbelief yeah. in myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have no doubt that, you know, especially knowing the, the gut-brain connection and how those microbes are constantly influencing our moods and our mental states and our thoughts and our social interactions and our emotions. And it doesn't really matter what came first, if it was something within your childhood with what was passed down to you that you know might have impacted your nervous system and the way that your mind operated that then 
affected those microbes or if it was the other way around and they somehow got out of balance and began to affect your mental states. But that's such a clear example of that connection and how those microbes, they are extremely influential over us. Depending They're like on... dream killers. <laughs> yeah. They're like a vibrational wet blanket on top of your dreams. That's why I, that's why people kind of get confused why I talk about parasites so much. But like, you know, everything I do with my clients is to fulfill on the dream, the truth vibration dream, not the strategy dream or the manipulation dream to make some quick cash or to like just get to a certain status in life. But like, what's the, what is your soul's purpose? What are you here to do? Mm -hmm. Like that thing that's tugging at your gut that you just actually can't take action on. Like, I think that step one is really looking at these little fuckers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree. And I, I know you speak a lot to parasite cleanses because that's something that you have found success with and that you do with your clients. But I would say that's just an overall umbrella for microbiome balance and just totally seeing how important it is for our microbiome to be balanced. And if it's not for whatever reason, how much that impacts are not only how we feel in our physical body, right, and our digestion, but like I said, our, our mental health, our moods, emotions, and how we connect to our intuition and our truth. And it can be an impact on our being to like take action for what we want and go after our goals and dreams because they're going to be, you know, if there's a dysbiosis, if there's an overgrowth, if there's imbalance, if things aren't digesting, and functioning well, it's going to, you know, impede that ability to, to honor that truth and go after those goals and to really live fully. And it's, that's also just tied into um, nervous system responses as well, because they're all connected. And if, you know, we have an imbalance, that might be a, a, an inflammation or a feeling of unsafety in our body that's also going to be telling our mind our nervous system that like we're not safe not to mention like if you have symptoms like brain fog or exhaustion how hard it is to really live <laughs> fully in that way so the, the dreaming just becomes impossible right right you don't have energy to dream you're just trying to survive <laughs> You know, this you're just trying me, to... It makes me so angry when you start putting together the pieces of how much profit is made off of our self-doubt, oh, yeah. off of our self-hate. Um, I, You know, I, I get really cynical. Like, I don't, like, really believe Western medicine is going to catch up to, like, to properly diagnosing a candida imbalance because there's too much money on the line. So many things can be cured right. through clearing candida from the body so like what would be the western medicine motivation <laughs> to helping people get healthy it's just not it's just not what um pharmaceutical companies are in the business of. no no unfortunately that is the truth of what we are living with yeah wow amazing stuff um i would love to hear a bit about coming kind of back to that idea of 
of connecting to our truth, your, your journey with connecting to and honoring your truth. You know, of course, the idea behind the phrase, trust your gut, really means to connect with and honor your truth. It's connecting to our intuition, which is our truth. And so I'd love to hear more about your experience with that and how that morphed into the truth school. Um, I, I like to laugh when people ask me this question because um, like t speaking my, my truth is so deeply excruciating. Mm. Oh my God, I hate it. I hate mm. it, Demi. But like, because it's so hard for me, I became an expert at it and hitting mm -hmm. at it at every angle of like, <laughs> like how... Like, what the fuck do I even feel here? Mm. What do I even feel? I mean, I guess some people would call that extreme codependency, but I just don't, I don't vibe with that phrase so much. Mm -hmm. But I was such, I am such an open being that it's so easy for me to merge into other people's energies. Mm -hmm. And parasites love that, by the mm. way. They love that. And so, so as I started clearing my field of all these parasites and candida, I started to learn my own thoughts again, learn my own feelings. On like my fourth or fifth cleanse, all the energetic parasites in my life started to melt away. All the people who were sucking me dry started to wow. melt away. All the people who were taking all my energy, just the way that these little microbes will take your energy from the inside, they just disappeared. It was the freakiest vibrational shift. Wow. Where I just looked around and I was like, oh my God, there's peace and quiet. There's no chaos. There's no drama. And eventually they came back like, you know, a significant time later and we, we healed things and cleaned things up. But it was such a precious moment of like learning what it felt like to be alone with my own thoughts without mm -hmm. being sucked dry and how to even know what I felt. Mm. That's very hard for me. It was very hard for me. It took a lot of intention and time and effort for me to get to know what, like, like who am I? Right. Probably not until like after my Saturn return in my late twenties was that okay. something I could, I could articulate. Wow. And from that, as I developed competency and then some like pretty cool mastery in that truth school started to emerge. I had already been doing this, this kind of healing work with folks like, like very quietly. And then when COVID hit, I was like, okay, I can't hide anymore. Like, like we really need some healing in this, in this life, in this world right now. Uh, and I, I created truth school during, during, uh, the first year of lockdown. Wow. And, um, it is my beautiful little baby in merging all these energetics, stripping away the untruths vibrationally, doing a parasite cleanse, re coming back into like asking yourself, wait, who am I and what do I want? versus what my spouse wants, my parents want, what the collective wants, what the news wants me to do, what uh, the group consciousness wants me to do, what the people in my industry want me to do. Who am I? What am I doing? And in the second part of Truth School, uh, we go out and we, we monetize it. We begin mm. to monetize it and articulate it in language. Like, how do you even speak these things that, like, are essentially you? Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a very unique program. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. And so how many times have you ran this program? We just finished, um, our second 
year. It's a nine month program. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a, it's a, because we can't change these things in a weekend. No. Uh, yeah. Like, like I, it's my commitment in truth school that you do what I did. You call your healing complete. You get to look behind you and see it in the past so that you can right. go create your future uh, right. inside your truth vibration, not inside a reaction to the past right. or have the facility, the competency, the mastery to do that ongoingly and to catch when a resentment comes in, when a regret comes in, when these tethers from the past come in and clear them the moment you notice them rather mm -hmm. than letting them drag on and drag on. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Amazing work. <laughs> um, I'm curious about your experience with uh, energy healing and if you could speak to that, how that emerged in your life, what you've worked with in that realm. Totally. <laughs> as much as you can I, articulate. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm thinking back and turning back the hands of time. Uh, I was training with a international leadership uh, company to run uh, one of their largest programs. And something, I guess this was um, before I parasite cleansed and something kept nagging in me like, like this, mm, I don't think this is really all there is. It was a very like masculine action, action driven uh, modality of leadership training. And so a friend of mine said, oh, you should go try this thing called theta healing. So I went to a free class and, um, you know, I was like hustling at the time. Like I didn't want to pay for anything. And I went like really skeptically and. Uh, we did this manifestation meditation. Okay, fine, whatever. Everyone does manifestation meditations. I'm right. Sure, I'll do it. And mm -hmm. um, like I was like humoring it. And I went into a theta brainwave state uh, through a gentle hypnosis. And I went up and asked um, the energy of all that is for the 600 bucks to do this class because I didn't really want to pay for it, you know, mm -hmm. with the money I had now. I just wanted to like find the money. So I was like kind of like, tempting the universe. I said, Oh, you think this shit is real? All right, fine. Prove it to me. Just give me the money to do it. And then the next day, um, a, uh, a new client called me and said, I'd really like to work with you. I'd like to pay for your $600 package in full. Wow. And I like almost like dropped the phone. <laughs> and then I, was wow. and I, I did my first certification training and, uh, what was uncovered to me in that first training was uh, how much I hated God and mm. what, a, what a grudge I had against God. And I didn't really have a relationship with God up until that point. I didn't think about God very much. Um, sure, maybe God existed, maybe it didn't. And it was the most interesting revelation in this class to like have a reckoning with God. And I felt this extraordinary light love energy in this theta brainwave state come through me where I just started to believe in this thing like that hmm. they call in theta healing the energy of all that is which is not the you know punitive uh religious god right. that I was raised with as as a Jewish bat mitzvah young girl but right. like truly the all-encompassing unconditionally loving light energy of all it is and so i was hooked and 
went through many, many more certifications, um, you know, a, um, what do we call it, a med medical intuitive training. So I don't call myself a medical intuitive, but I obviously use these energetics to look at the dysfunction in the body. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, is, this is the pulse of truth school, is using this gentle hypnosis to reach a theta brainwave state, to rewire belief systems, and actually bring in the imprint and essence of new feelings you may have never felt before, right? Like mm -hmm. I never knew what it felt like to uh, like work in harmony with God mm -hmm. because apparently I was a fuck no to it and didn't mm -hmm. know it. But through that healing, I started to learn the feeling of working in harmony and partnership with God. And that changes timelines. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. Mm. Is there a, a name to a certain modality that you work with in energy healing? Yeah, so it's, it is called Theta Healing. It is called uh, Theta Healing. It's okay. called Theta Healing. It is um, created by an extraordinary woman named Viana Stiebel. But I really, when I share Theta Healing with people, I also tell them to go check out Dr. Joe Dispenza, near York oh, Times yes. Everyone knows Dr. Joe. Because right. he's he's doing such extraordinary like um, scientific research around right. the instantaneous healing that occurs in the quantum field. So wow. like particularly his book Becoming Supernatural like like actually lists um, the research his team is doing. So you know I have all my friends who are in their analytical scientific minds and they want to roll their eyes and I say just just go check out Dr. Joe. Right. All right. He explains it because right. I'm not going to explain it. I'm not going to prove this to you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's good to have that uh science to back it up for yeah. um just that western for mind. my atheists in the house <laughs> and so this is something that is in, in, intertwined in truth school and the work you do there oh it's the pulse of truth the pulse school. got it yeah, yeah this is how we in truth school, we use the state of brainwave state to look at what Viana has called the four R's. This is the rejection, resentment, and regret and revenge that hmm. we've carried through this life and other lives. Because oh. I say that these four R's are the tethers to the past that keep us from moving forward into our truth, into the thing like the little nagging thing in your gut that you know you really want to do in this life. Right. And these four R's are also the vibrational resonance for these little parasitic critters. Interesting. So will you repeat the four R's again? Yeah. We have... The four R's are resentment, mm -hmm. rejection, mm -hmm. regret, mm. and revenge. Mm. And if yeah. you think about those, if you think about like, like what is keeping you from living the next level of a, your dream fulfilled in this 3d matrix probably we can find a little energetic cord that goes to a resentment a rejection or a regret right yeah very potent emotional energies that we carry yeah i challenge my truth schoolers to get committed to living a life free of resentment rejection and regret 
Mm. And it's my commitment to myself to do that. And that is not an easy commitment because now like I have so many amazing healers and leaders around me and they all hold me to account to it. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a way that you offer or support your true schoolers in releasing those things? I mean, so many things. I mean, True school sessions are intense. We do like like very long sessions. And I was always worried when I started this program, like who the hell is gonna wanna stay on Zoom for three hours? Oh my God. But you know what? Everyone stays on and they stay on late because like like actual shifts are really happening. So right. um, I, I will train you in truth school to access this theta brainwave state on your own uh-huh. and learn how to trust yourself. That's not quite how like the theta healing lineage works. It works in a practitioner client uh, methodology, but in truth school, um, you learn how to have this connection to all that is like completely on your own, like without my help. I'm just right. there to teach you the tools. Right. Cause this is between you and your God. This is between you and your life. This is between you and, and you being the creator of your life. I'm not, I'm not the one I'm, I'm just the facilitator. Right. And you're able to teach these tools that they can then take and and utilize to help support them in releasing some of those things. Calling their healing complete mm, with those things. Calling their healing complete. That's a powerful statement. Bold. And I'll, I'll stand bold. by it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, gosh, that makes me wonder, like, it is a bold statement because, you know, the the healing journey just, in my view, it, it never really seems to complete, but I wonder how you view it because there might be something to that that I think there is. I like to use that language because the healing journey tends to be this really meandering journey. And I notice in a lot of healers language, God bless them, like like the end game gets a little fuzzy and vague. Mm -hmm. And I think it leaves us off the hook a little bit to really (laughs) get committed to healing things once and for all. Right. Um, I mean, I say that with a grain of salt because I'm in the middle of like an incredible identity crisis that is so exciting. (laughs) I'm shedding so much shit. I'm healing so much shit. And so, you know, everyone knows the metaphor of like the layers of the onion and like, like that, that may be more accurate, but I think there are important times in a creator's life to like, like put a timestamp on it and get a commitment to Mm -hmm. a complete healing. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something worth failing at, I think, for sure. I'm, yeah, I mean, that's a very powerful stand to take. And I guess what came up for me is that I could see, like, a complete healing being in full acceptance. To get to the point where you can just fully accept and surrender to what that is for you, even if you're not like completely healed on every level of all your triggers and symptoms and energetic blockages or whatever, 
you're able to fully accept all those things, the journey that you've been on, really be clear about where you're going. And there's just this now this level of like ease and resilience, perhaps that beautiful, that's like a complete healing doesn't mean you're never going to have those things come up. Like you said, like you're, you're kind of going through this time in your life that might be a really stress could have been a really stressful, debilitating thing in the past, but where you're at now, it's exciting. Totally. There's like an, an acceptance in that and a resilience. And I think that's something that I really teach my clients, my audience is that, you know, especially if we look at, you know, symptoms, really easy thing to look at is physical symptoms in the digestive system or anxiety or overwhelm or, you know, trauma responses or whatever. They may not necessarily completely go away. You know, we might still, there might still be some level of trigger activation or symptoms might arise, but we're able to not be debilitated by it anymore. We're Here's able... what that makes me think of. Like, yeah. like, like could, could we get invested in the commitment of living a life free of anxiety? Mm-hmm. And if we get invested in that commitment, would we take different actions which would yield different results. And would we have different thoughts in order to take those different actions? Mm-hmm. That's, so that's like, that's what I mean yeah. when I say getting committed to my healing rather than just being at the effect of like, oh my God, I have so much anxiety and it, nothing I do works and it's never going to go away. Totally. Yeah, that's a big difference. That's a big difference when you respond in that way. And that's kind of a lonely path. Like it's just not how we're taught for the most part to interact with an illness or a sickness or a dysfunction in the body. Mm -hmm. Um, So like for myself, I just noticed like I I didn't, there weren't a lot of people I could talk to who could vibe on that in in the beginning of my healing journey. So it it also was like, okay, like I'm in this alone. It is between me and God right now. Right. Which sometimes is part of the experience, right? (laughs) Better be. (laughs) Like we, sometimes we need to be in that space like uh and then other times we can find that support in others and that co-regulation but i think that is an important part of the journey absolutely yeah Mm, good stuff so uh before we begin to wrap up i do want to ask you about your music and a bit of what your music means to you. Uh, and I know that you had a bit of a journey with your, your music career as well that I'm sure ties into all of this beautifully. So if you could share anything about that, I would love to hear. I started live processing with my truth schoolers a couple weeks ago and like realizing like truth school is actually just a voice program designed by a singer. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and like it really could be explained that simply uh, because like how how do we speak truth if you don't even you know know what your voice is and every part of like marketing and monetizing uh, an offering that's coming from your highest expression requires a certain language in your own truth and you have to like figure out how to write that on a page and then communicate it to other people who might become clients or customers or fans and like 
I just started to understand, oh my God, okay, this is just a, a voice program. Mm. <laughs> uh, but to go back to your question, what was your question again? <laughs> just curious about your music, your music journey. Um, you know, I think too, music is probably a huge part of the healing process for you. And I believe you had a bit of a journey with your music career, right? And just um, some well, difficulties. Okay, yeah. you quit, yeah. right? I, I mean, people really like idolize musicians, I think. And I mean, God, I would not be in this industry unless my soul didn't demand that I do it. <laughs> um, my soul definitely demands that I do it. And yeah, in my, I was, I've been a musician for 17 years and in my early twenties, um, you know, I went through an experience where I was about to be signed by a record label and the whole thing just, just turned to a total shit show. Mm. And, uh, it was in that like uh, rejection it was a self-rejection and a self-sabotage and a rejection last minute from the label. And it just had me kill off the entire music industry for about eight years, which was perfect timing to enter that uh, very difficult romantic relationship and, uh -huh. uh, you know, abandon myself in, in that specific way. And uh, now that I've returned to, to my career and revivified it, uh, we have a lot of music coming out over the next year and all of that music is um like a return to truth vibration because mm. i'm just real i also have been learning like as i facilitate healings and lead these workshops like like all we want to do is like feel good in our body and feel connected to something bigger and what is the quickest way to do that other than through the law of sound like that isn't that what music does for all of us right. it like has us go into another dimension it has us feel like a certain kind of euphoria it can control our feelings it can control our thought forms there's really like depressing music that can send us off the edge there's really uplifting music that has us see god and um i i'm starting to realize like all musicians are energy workers but hmm. a lot of them just don't know they're energy workers right Right. That was so cool <laughs> for me to like come full circle and realize, oh my God, like I'm an energy worker with right. my music, but, but nobody in the industry thinks of it this way. Right. Wow. <laughs> so, so true. Music just pierces through all the bullshit. <laughs> for a long time, for about eight years, I only played music in yoga studios and yoga festivals. Oh. And we would do kirtan and mantra i have a, like mm -hmm. a rock and roll like uh, sanskrit album that's on spotify it's called reclamation a, a rock and roll sanskrit yeah. album that's it's amazing got, like, a heavy live band like, doing all these sanskrit <laughs> mantras and that's so I'd, amazing it is amazing and i'd play this music in these yoga classes and i oh my god it was maybe for other musicians they just like are used to it but i like still I like, can't believe how much frequency I get to raise through voice and through leading people through mantra. But it was all in this echo chamber of people who like loved Sanskrit, um, like loved yoga classes, like knew what the mantras meant. And I started to get a little bored of it, I guess. And, and now um, with the upcoming music I have out, you know, it's really like um, a desire of mine to be bringing like a, um, like a Kirtani, chanting essence into the mainstream and yeah. to, to have you leave a show of mine like 
like really participating in the music and the elevation of frequency. Wow, that sounds incredible. It's so cool. That sounds incredible. And if people could come together and, and chant together and sing together, and that could be more mainstream, that would be so healing. <laughs> but I, I just keep laughing because, of course, I like look at like you know these great musicians and like everyone's just doing it like unconsciously and I, yeah, like oh, like this is not something new. But like the way I'm thinking about it feels new, and it feels like not a way that um, I've heard many musicians talk about right. music. Uh, but maybe I just you know live under a a rock. Uh, and everyone else is talking about this. But it feels it feels very new and refreshing to me. There's probably a specific niche in the music industry that's talking about this. The, the, the niche of folks who are a little bit more spiritually inclined and aligned and, and making music for those specific kinds of things. But uh, it's not so mainstream. If anyone listening, you know, knows where those people are, drop a, <laughs> drop a comment in the chat so I yes. can find them. <laughs> Do you have plans for upcoming shows? Oh my goodness, the best way to find our show schedule is uh, we haven't released it yet, but we got some shows coming up in LA uh, over summer. Um, you should join my weekly newsletter, Taste of Truth. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll link to it on this uh, on this episode. Uh, but that's where you can get all the updates. Yeah, for my yeah. Upcoming shows. Yeah, we'll definitely have that linked in the show notes along with all your other links. And so if you're in the L.A. area, you should definitely be looking out for that because it sounds like really powerful experience. Um, I'm curious to keep tabs on that as well. So amazing. Well, uh, we are coming to the end of our time, and I just really appreciate this opportunity to sit down and chat about all these different things, and I just wonder if there is anything else you wanted to speak to before we wrapped up the show today. The only thing I I haven't said that I'd love to leave you with is uh, just trust yourself. Just trust yourself. That's a good one to leave with. I think that that'll in- get me shadow banned on Instagram for saying that, but I think, I, can say it here. <laughs> I think that encompasses really the whole theme of uh, the work that you do, and also just what we've been speaking to here. It's definitely a, a theme of the conversation, and if you are looking to find some support with trusting yourself, it sounds like checking out your uh, truth school might be a really good modality to do so and maybe your music so uh, thank you so much Stephanie for being the first uh, interview guest on the trust your gut podcast it's It's very fitting to be talking about trusting yourself (laughs) and how that links to um the gut and different aspects of our being and and energetics and emotions so thank you so much for bringing your your lived wisdom uh, and expertise to this topic thanks for having me absolutely we'll talk soon look forward to seeing what uh, unfolds in your work and in your music before you go i just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in 
If you enjoy this show, please subscribe, leave a rating or review, and share it. That helps it reach others who will benefit from this information. So much gratitude for you. Have a beautiful day.